Welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow my journey as an amateur piano player who is striving to play advanced level pieces like Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue one day, which is the inspiration behind the podcast name. But until that day comes, every week we tackle a piece that I encounter along the road, exploring the history surrounding the work and the music within. Hopefully, by the end of the episode, we all learn a little bit about music and our appreciation for the piano grows, and we can use this foundation so that we could all build up to more complex works in the future. This is episode 10.3, the third and final episode in our series spotlight on modern composer Philip Glass. It's also the very last stop on our spotlight tour through musical history. It seems like just yesterday when we started the journey with Bach back in April, but over the past five or so months, we have explored some key composers from the past three centuries. Today, we're going to look into a type of musical work that definitely would not have been written 300 years ago, because today's work was written for a film. Philip Glass has composed many film scores throughout his career. One of his first major works was for a 1997 film about the Dalai Lama called Kundin. If you remember back in last week's episode, I mentioned that Glass's time in India inspired him to be a lifelong supporter of Tibetan independence, and this film project was likely a passion project, which paid off because it earned him his first Academy Award nomination. Nobody could possibly predict the gamut of films that Glass would write for during his career. It spans from horror, with the Candyman series, to documentaries, like The Thin Blue Line, to superhero films, like The Fantastic Four, to thrillers, like Secret Window, to romantic mysteries, like The Illusionist, and even romantic comedies, like No Reservations. His musical style seems to fit best, however, within dramas, like his work in The Truman Show, Stoker, or Notes on a Scandal, with his scores shining through as highlights of these films, the latter even earning him his second Academy Award nomination. But possibly his most critically acclaimed score belongs to yet another dramatic film that was a critical darling from 2002. Stephen Daldry's film, The Hours. The Hours is based on a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel of the same title by Michael Cunningham. It follows the lives of three different women across three different eras, all related to Virginia Woolf's novel, Mrs. Dalloway. One of the women is Virginia Woolf herself, who is played by Nicole Kidman, as she is writing Mrs. Dalloway in the 1920s. Julianne Moore plays the second character, who is a depressed suburban housewife in the 1950s, who is also reading Mrs. Dalloway. And Meryl Streep plays the third character, a woman in modern day who is the living embodiment of the character of Mrs. Dalloway, arranging a party for a dying friend. It's quite an impressive cast. The film is mostly remembered for being the one where Nicole Kidman deglammed herself by donning a fake nose, which led her to win an Academy Award. But the film is also remembered for its score by Philip Glass, 
which garnered him his third Academy Award nomination. Glass's minimalist style lends itself very nicely to a story like this, as the general idea is that time is relative, and these women share a similar mindset. And as we have seen and heard during the past few weeks, minimalism relies on repetition and gradual music evolution. The score's job here is to tie these three characters together with common themes and a sense of timelessness, which is right up Glass's alley. Glass decided to feature the piano in a majority of the pieces for this movie's score, because the piano, as he describes, is a personal instrument, which can cross periods easily. The gentle instrumentation of strings, harp, and piano lend this score a meditative, stream-of-consciousness quality that helps bind these characters together, even though they are scattered across a century. The piece we're going to look at today is one of the highlights from the score for The Hours, a selection called Morning Passages. This piece is prominently featured in the beginning of the film, during a montage where all three main characters are preparing to encounter the day. There's no dialogue to interrupt this piece, so this is the audio centerpiece for five minutes of the film, and is the main component to set the tone for the rest of the movie. This piece follows a lot of the tropes that Glass use in the pieces we've already looked at during this composer spotlight, one of them being the steady motor of the left hand. Once again, we find ourselves with a steady strumming of the left hand that drives the piece and sets in that trance-like quality in your mind. The right hand also gives us something that we expect from a minimalist work, a repetitive melody line. This time, it's based on an ascending scale. And then we hear the melody slow down a bit, and Glass uses a section to emulate the passage of time, suggesting a clock chiming on the hour. What's this movie called again? The melody evolves once again. This time, the right hand swaps eighth notes and now picks up a triplet rhythm. From here, Glass evolves the rhythm even further, using that mathematical brain of his to do something very similar to what we discussed last week in his etude. He takes a rhythm based upon the idea of three in the right hand. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And he pairs that with the rhythm based upon the idea of two in the left hand. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, 
four, one, two, three, four. So here's what it sounds like when we put them both together and play the three against the two. Through the use of this rhythmic clashing and dissonant chords, this section adds tension to the piece, which culminates in a rhythmic slowdown and a release of clock tones in the upper register. From here, the piece ramps up the tempo and starts running forward towards its climax in a section that is quintessential Philip Glass, a series of harmonically progressive arpeggios in both the left and right hands. These arpeggios are all climbing, up, 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 and kind of resemble pacing around a house or taking step after step after step. This frantic energy builds to the true climax of the piece, which is another undulating arpeggiated section, but this time we go up and down and up and down and up and down. And midway through this section, the left hand reverses order and acts as the mirror image to the right hand. When the right hand goes up, the left hand goes down. And as the right goes down, the left hand goes up. Reverse. And then the piece starts to really cool down with an extended descending chromatic scale. And we hear the clock tones one final time, chiming off the hours one by one as the piece fades off into the distance. Speaking of time, let's not wait any longer. This is the entire recording for the standout track of Philip Glass's score for the film The Hours, titled Morning Passages.
So I guess the big question, now that we've arrived at the present, is where do we go from here? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not quite ready to leave the modern era just yet. So I'd like to explore this space a little more. We've spent quite a bit of time examining how keyboard music has evolved since the 1700s. So now, let's see how we're incorporating the piano into our culture today. I was thinking of doing something a little off the beaten path for this podcast, and examine some avenues for piano music in modern media. And this episode can be the perfect bridge for that. So next week, let's continue this movie music theme and look at a piano piece from the 2013 film, Her. You can find the standalone recording of the piece we discussed today directly in the podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all of the tracks from this podcast and more. If you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and consider rating and reviewing. It's the easiest way to never miss a new episode. Thanks for your time, your ears, and for joining me on this historical spotlight tour. Looking forward to what the future has in store.